Hi again, everyone. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, and this is going to be a kind of a quick one for Anthony and I. We're going to hang around for about a half hour talking sports, getting you updated about what's going on in the area. And then the hope is to connect with uh, my basketball partner over on Western Pennsylvania, James Dotson, and see what he's going to be doing this fall over in Western PA and get an update on Lawrence County and what's some of the schools and that going on out there and see what he has planned. And of course, he's involved with the Trib Live stuff. So that's the plan here. But first and foremost, let me bring in the biggest Cleveland Indian fan on the planet, the man who with all the optimism of the world, who cannot wait for the next game to be played, the one and only Anthony Kepley. I don't really know how to uh, go off that grand entrance. Uh, well, the good news is I'm not sitting in the rain tonight without a rain jacket, so that's a plus. I don't have to be up after five hours of getting home, so that's a plus, I guess. Let's see what else. Did I ever say that sometimes I wish I was uh, like my buddy at work and didn't really give a shit? But I guess it could be worse, and I could be a Pittsburgh Pirate fan. Yeah, even they, they're having a better year than most people think. Yeah, they are. They are. And you know who called the Pirates having a good season this year? Ron Potesta. Good for him. I guess he's right about something for once. <laughs> I, but, uh, yeah, I guess it's great news for Ron. Still waiting on my YSU season tickets to get here. They're a week late, maybe two. Oh. So anybody from YSU listening, uh, let's get that going. Yeah, it's great to be back. And um, my buddy who usually talks me off the ledge at work it was, was not there this week. So my ledge is getting very steep, and I'm starting to slip down with all this rain we're getting outside, and I'm starting to lose traction. So I could be going down the mudslide here very shortly. All right, let me let me help you get into uh, off the ledge. The Indians have won three out of the last four. They've won the last two series. And in the Central Division, they've won, I believe, 11 of the last 12 games. I, and that's great. And I'm glad that we've... <laughs> I'm glad that we've won 11 of our last 12 against the American League Central. I was wrong. I didn't think we'd win this series. I thought we'd at best split it because I didn't see us beating Barrios. He usually gives us heck. And uh, we pulled that one out late. It was funny because Tuesday at the game, my aunt turns to me as we were getting one hit through six or whatever it was. And she said, you know, it'd be really good for a walk off soon. And I said, we haven't had one in months. And we looked it up, and we haven't had one since May at the time when Allen hit the walk-off against the Astros. And, of course, Wednesday and Thursday, we walk off, and I'm not there. So I yeah. think it's the baseball gods just tormenting me, saying, you shall not see a walk-off. You shall not be happy after sitting there for two and a half hours. Um, and that was their way of playing with me. They usually do a pretty good job when I go to the games. You know what? Um, I would say this for the game that you were at, the 3-2 loss. And as you mentioned, uh, Mejia uh, throwing the one-hitter for five innings and came out of the game supposedly with a wrist injury. I don't know about that. We'll just see. Uh, I think he's a five-inning pitcher, and they just used an excuse. That's my opinion. No proof to that. Yeah. Opinion. Uh, however, one thing I like about that game more, it was a uh, 
the preclude of what we've seen the, the next two days is the bats came alive in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings, or the eighth, or seventh, eighth, and ninth mm-hmm. innings, I should say. They weren't breaking down the door, but they were getting on base again late in the ballgame, which they have not done uh, for, like Lately, you mentioned, yeah. almost, yeah, almost two months, really. Where and that's been rare they, for Francona Coach team. Yeah, and they just have not been able to pull those games out uh, when they've been trailing or tied. And as you mentioned, I heard a stat. Matter of fact, it might have been during that game or the pre the next game. I think, yeah, the Indians were one in thirty nine in games yeah. trailing after the sixth inning. Yeah, I and heard that uh, Monday before the game. I think Jensen Lewis might have brought that up, and yeah. uh, they backed off it. Yeah, I think Tuesday made it what one in forty. Yeah, I believe so. And then they the last two games were able to pull it out. Yeah, and. There's things that they do that are frustrating to watch as a fan. However, you got to look at the overall picture. And I keep going back to this. In baseball, you just have to make the playoffs. Give yourself the opportunity to play in series that matter. You know, the 97 Indians team was that way. They were frustrating to watch. They just, they had the Central Division wrapped Mm -hmm. up in May. Mm-hmm. And they just never got any traction, even though you had someone like an Alomar have a career year and they had, you know, Matt Williams over from mm-hmm. uh, the Giants that year who scuttled around up until the last month or so of the season and really caught fire. And there was other players on that team the same way. They just never really got their foot wet until September and things started rolling. And then they got into playoffs. They had a couple big bombs. They had a couple of big plays to go their way along the way, beating both the Yankees and Baltimore. And the next thing you know, they, they're, they're in the World Series and unfortunately get the Game 7, but weren't able to close it. Same type of scenario this year. Central Division was basically over June 1st. This team has scuttled and has had bullpen problems. They're getting better. I think some of the moves they've made in the last three weeks have really helped them on that level. And I think in the long term, the bats – my only concern about the bats are six, seven, eight, and nine. They're just not consistent. They don't get on base enough driving in runs. Uh, the top five have been phenomenal all year long, and they have done the job, you know, one through five. You know, like I said, the six, seven, eight, nine spot, the last four have been inconsistent. And when they're better, mm-hmm. you give the top of the lineup opportunities to score runs, and that's really what matters. You know, that's why – it's really impressive what Lindor has done as a leadoff hitter this year with the amount of RBIs that he has had and the players that are in front of him that he's driving in because they're not on base all the time. So he's coming through when opportunity is there. Runs dr- driven in percentage is very high, and that's that's encouraging. And then you have someone like Ramirez having a career year and Carcion doing exactly what you expect out of him, bopping the ball, hitting about 245. Uh, you know, 80 RBIs, obviously Brantley showing what he can do, his consistency in the lineup. I like the position the Indians are in. I'm not saying they're the best team in baseball because they're not. However, you don't have to be. The Cardinals weren't the best team a few years back. Uh, the Giants were not the best team, and they ended up winning the World Series. You have to just qualify for the playoffs and play your best games in October, and anything's possible in baseball. It has been proven year in, year out. One injury, one key play, 
can change a series. And it's happened many, many times. And you know, go through the years of one key play or one key injury really hurting the or helping a team or hurting a team's opportunity to win. You just never know. I mean, just like you go back to, what, 2014, where the Indians won 10 straight to get into yep. the playoffs. It was a one-game playoff. Anything can mm-hmm. happen. You know, and unfortunately, you know, Tampa be down. However, that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes, you know, competing. And I love a team that's going to have that opportunity to compete. Right now, I see a team getting better. I think last night was a perfect example of that because you had Hand and Miller really come in from the left side. And you first now you're seeing the chance of getting three or four innings out of two left-handers mm-hmm. that could be very dominant in the playoffs if they're both pitching well. I mean, the key will be Allen to get Allen straightened out. And I'm not yeah. sure he's that he's not that far away, to be quite honest. Yes, he gave up the dinger, uh, and that is a concern. However, I think the last three or four outings, we've seen him pitch better. And quite honest with you, now that you have hand, if it comes September and I need to switch the, the roles and put hand yeah. as the closer, yeah. I'm I not I'm not concerned. Uh, and then very may happen. Uh, you know, we'll wait and see. And I think Allen's smart enough and is uh, able to handle the situation of not being a closer better than most who are in that position because, you know, the goal is to win in October and have a chance to win a World Series. And I honestly believe he knows for his future contracts, it doesn't matter where he does, it's how well he performs. And that's the same with Miller, and that's the same with any player who is in a contract year. We'll see how much that affects the play. I honestly don't think it's going to affect it that much. However, that is a factor that a lot of people like to bring up. Yeah, I think uh, I would make the switch now at closer. Allen has looked really good in the seventh and eighth innings the last couple weeks when we made the move. I don't know if it's a – it doesn't look like anything physically is wrong. It appears more of a mental block than anything else because on Sunday when the Angels loaded the bases against Miller and he came in and shut the door – in the last two outs of the seventh and pitched the eighth completely, it appears to me that he's mentally struggling with the last three outs of the game. Thankfully, we do have hand to shut the door in the ninth. I want to bring up the unfortunate uh, news this week of Leonis Martin, who's been really a, really a bright spot. Uh, he had the one mishap on a ball in center field that, you know, the ball was scorched. So it wasn't going to be caught anyways. And for a guy who plays seven or eight games a year, progressive field. And after that mishap on, was it Friday night, the eighth inning, he came back Saturday and Sunday and made two really nice catches in center field uh, going the same direction. Uh, It's really unfortunate with the news that he's on the DL for an, as what the Indians are calling an, a more than 10 day absence with a undisclosed illness. Uh, so hopefully it's nothing really serious and he can still play baseball here in the next month or two. I know yeah, the unions aren't saying much kudos to Greg Allen yesterday for coming in in a tough spot, being called up and uh, getting the table started. Uh, that's a nice spot for Allen to keep. Like you talked about every time he comes up the last couple of times, he, looks more and more comfortable, and his speed's a weapon. And he showed it uh, yesterday. So Martin was the one who got it going on Saturday if we were getting no hit through six. So uh, just really unfortunate news with that. He was a bright spot for us 
hopefully his illness is not uh, season-threatening. Now, we don't know at this point. The Indians aren't saying much. So. Right. Well, Indians can't say anything for HIPAA reasons. And yeah. uh, with that, the, uh, the acknowledgement of the player, which I totally get. Yep. Whatever the illness is, I'm not going to speculate because I don't know. We don't know. And just he and the Indians know, and they know how to handle it properly. Uh, however, that does bring up the possibility in the next two weeks, uh, actually 21 days left in the in August to make a decision about another player. Mm -hmm. they, if this is an extended thing, will they go after another outfielder? And chances, I would say about 50-50, depending on yep. the player and, and the cost. Uh, who that player is, I mean, we can speculate. You know, someone like an Adam Jones, we could speculate a, uh, a Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon, yeah. You know, anything's possible. I'm not saying that's going to happen or will happen. I think, you know, the Indians made the trade for Martin because they knew the extensive injury to Bradley, and mm -hmm. that's going to matter. You know, he's probably not going to play next year. If he does, no. he won't play until August, September next year. Mm -hmm. So you need a center fielder, and that's why they were willing to do that because he was under contract long, you know, longer than mm -hmm. just one season. So that's yet to be determined. And, yeah, that is a uh, unfortunate uh, situation that the Indians find themselves in, and it's going to be interesting to see how the organization handles this they may look internal and keep Allen up here. Allen looks overmatched at times at the plate. Yeah. Uh, he did come through with two big hits, uh, though, in the ball game yesterday. So anything's possible. Maybe he's turning a corner, getting more confident, knowing that he's going to be playing. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we see a platoon of uniqueness in center field where even Brandon Geyer gets Geyer, to play yeah. more often, like he did that one game in center field when he wasn't really expected to play there. He played six innings and played well. So only had one opportunity in the outfield, but you just never know what every game yeah. going to bring. That's the uh, the part of baseball that you just never know who and what's going to happen. They start with the White Sox this week. They continue to play in the division, and yep. like I said, right now, just continue to win and continue to get Andy, Andrew Miller into the lineup. Let him pitch. Get him ready for October. The Indians are in a great situation. What they need to do is be. Look at to continue to play good baseball, win all games, create a winning atmosphere and a belief system within the team, but also set it up for October. Have that pitch starting pitching the way you want it. Have that bullpen set up the way you want it, because we all know pitching wins ball games, especially in October and in playoff baseball. So it will matter, and hopefully, you know we won't see a a dinged up uh, Kluber. A uh, unfortunate injury to like a to Edwin and Carcion, like we mm -hmm. seen last year against the, a lot of things went against mm -hmm. you last year, and it's, that's baseball and that deal with with adversity. And sometimes you get through it, and sometimes you don't. In 2016, they got through a lot of adversity and made it to Game Seven of the World Series. So every game, every year is a new challenge, and we'll just move forward. What we need is good quality at bats and somebody who you know, in the seventh, eighth, and ninth spot to come alive and really have a good run. I'm not sure that'll happen, mm -hmm. but we need that. I mean, that's what this lineup needs on a daily basis. If it's a Melky Cabrera, if it's a Jason Kipnis, is it Allen? Who knows? Mm -hmm. But someone like that has to come through. Real quick, let's move on. Uh, we only got about 10 minutes left yep. here uh, before we uh, bring in James Dotson. As I mentioned earlier, looking forward to talking to my basketball partner over in uh, Western Pennsylvania. And we're going to talk about what he's doing this year for high school sports and stuff like that. But before we get to James, 
the football season has officially begun yes, in the NFL. Interesting game last night for the Browns real quick. I thought uh, Tyrod Taylor handled himself very well. I thought Njoko, uh sh- has shown strides. I know it's only in the first game. The offensive line couldn't create any holes for the running game. That's a concern early on. I'm not going to judge the game on wins and losses. That's so insignificant this time of the year. It's how your starters play that first 15 plays, 20 plays that they get a chance, both offensively and defensively. I was encouraged as a Browns fan. Uh, we'll see exactly what's going on. It's a long, long football season. I'm not going to say they're going to go 16-0 and or make the playoffs or anything like that, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised at some of the things I've seen last night. And Baker Mayfield, give him credit where credit is due, mm-hmm. is showing why he was the number one pick. And, you know, I don't mind admit if I'm wrong here in uh, in a year from now. I'll be actually happy to admit that I was wrong. You know, and say I had him as the, what, fourth or fifth best quarterback in the draft? Yeah. yeah. We'll still wait and see. Yeah, think- we won't really be able to judge that for about three, four years. Fourth, yeah. Yeah, so we'll just wait and see. But uh, overall, I was I was content with how they played that first game, and you know they'll play a week today. We'll see how they do. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't catch much of the game with some stuff going on, but it was obviously I think we all saw what Tyrod Taylor can do. He's going to he's not going to make the stupid mistakes. He's going to make the smart throws. When we saw five for five. Uh, that's an impressive showing. Uh, Baker Mayfield looks settled in. Granted, against the mop-up duty guys, but his first action in uh, the NFL, he looked composed. Uh, his release was quick. I tell you, a guy who really impressed me was Njoku, uh, who ran some nice routes, crisp routes, and was explosive down the field. Uh, that's going to be a big weapon for the Browns with the receiver may not be all there for the first week or two. We don't know what's going to happen with Gordon. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Callaway. But if Njoku can keep making plays like that, that was obviously nice to see. On the flip side, I think Saquon Barker looked good. Nice run on his on the first play of the game. I thought the Browns pass rush looked good. Eli Mann was there. Uh, Michael Kendricks is going to be really huge for that defense. That was a really big signing. And he made Manning fall into the typical Manning sack of just sliding down. Uh, but that was in a while. They have not had an explosive linebacker like that in quite some time. They've had good linebackers, uh, but Kendricks is a whole nother level. And we're finally starting to see for Browns fans who you get some guys with experience in there who are leaders. And I thought uh, Jarvis Landry also showed that with his, with his actions on the field, he looked good and just being a leader off the field. And I think Kendricks on defense is going to help them lead. You know, am I going to say playoffs? No, but they, they probably will have a losing record. The schedule's tough. They probably won't have a winning record, but they won't be outclassed and outmatched like they have in the past two years. They will, yeah, you know, exactly. they're going to fight in some games, and their offense is actually going to cause some defense some problems and not be three and out, three and out, three and out. Oh, you know, they're going to cause some teams some problems. And I tell you what, it's it's nice to be in the Browns situation now, quarterback wise, because you know what you got your starting quarterback. You know, he's not great. He's not going to set the world on fire. But he made the playoffs last year with a Buffalo team that didn't have great weapons. And he was a, a player or two away from beating a team that should have beaten the Patriots in the Super or, or the AFC title game. And Baker Mayfield showed that he can be a really good, solid backup quarterback this year. There are a lot of teams that would love to have the Browns quarterback situation right now. 
two guys that you could throw yeah. in and you know it's a different quarterback room than it was a year ago. There's no doubt about it. It has it has experience and it has talent that it did not have for the last few years. And that's really the difference on the Browns. Now and I quite honest with you, let me say this about John Dorsey. He brought in quality veterans mm-hmm. across the board to add depth to this team that it did not have previously. It was too young um, the last few years. It got really young last year, and it showed. It lacked leadership, as you mentioned. And this year, yep. it actually has that across the board, not just on the offensive line, but defensive line. You had, like you mentioned, the linebackers, obviously a quarterback. And I think we're seeing a NFL-caliber team being put together. Now, does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl tomorrow? No. But I think we're like you mentioned, you're going to see much more entertaining football, and that's what, quite honestly, everybody needs. I've always said this, and I'll say this again: in the NFL, there's not really much of a difference between a nine and seven team and a seven and nine team, except the nine and seven team usually makes the playoffs. Get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, look at the New York Giants is a perfect example. How many times have they won the Super Bowl nine and seven? Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just pointing out the obvious and. Uh, real quick, on turn the page one last time on the NFL before mm-hmm. we get going, just to get your opinion. I yep. do not have HBO. I have not seen it. I don't know if you have HBO or if I you've not, seen I it. Have, uh, I have not. Are you interested in no- Hard Knocks if it was? Uh, I mean, I probably watched, what, they had the Buccaneers as a subject last year. I think I saw one episode of that when it was on the NFL Network, and I think they had the Falcons. I- not really. I, if we're the Broncos, I'd be interested. I know the episodes are on YouTube. I heard from somebody at work. I heard that he really liked it. Um, he said that uh, they caught a good clip of Landry Roy being a sort of leader, giving a empowered Big speech. speech. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have HBO, so I really can't yeah, say that's that. exactly the way I feel. I don't watch it. I've never had it. Uh, a desire to watch it, and even it's back. on the NFL Network next year at this time. So, it, it's. I'm just curious. I do not know if it was available to you or if it was no, even a don't subject have that you HBO yeah. package. Yeah, neither, neither do yeah. I. You know, do I really have time to sit down and watch? Yeah, you know? I'm just not a reality TV guy anyway, so I have no desire to watch it, even if it was. Uh, even if it is the Browns, quite honestly, yeah. and. Uh, like you said, Tampa Bay, or uh, I think the Rams did it a few I mean, years back. I mean, it's get an inside look, but, I mean, it's really, you know, you pretty much know how the show is going to go. Practice highlights, coaches getting fiery, and then uh, they'll cut a couple of no-name guys, All right. you know, and say, you know, so. No, it doesn't will, really interest me. I will say this. The dumbest thing in, in sports is you have to do things for TV that you probably would never do otherwise. And the Browns with their stripe on the helmet, you have to earn oh, it. Oh, my. My uncle and I were talking about that is last that, night. I mean, I'll be honest. If there was no hard docs, I, I don't believe it. high school, Tim. Yeah, I know. I, it's ridiculous. That's. I turned the game on. I know they do it and, in high school or college. I just don't see the need to do it at the NFL level. I turn the game on. I'm like, are those the Browns? First of all, the orange is way too dark. It's not a, a nice color orange. It's not the orange that, that I was associated with. A couple years back, yeah. yeah, it was done a couple years back. It's not good at all. No, it's not because it appears the orange on the uniforms 
is the right color orange and the orange in the helmet is just i'm not a fan of the brown face mask and what are you going to have four guys on offense with the stripe and three on defensive stripe oh no sorry guys we actually don't have a stripe the nfl is not going to allow that with their uniform policies are so strict about it well, the nfl he- doesn't allow you to wear different freaking cleats they're not going to allow half the team wear no stripes half the team wear stripes I mean, let's cut this crap out. You, you got to earn your stripes. That's it, something high schools do. Yes, it's purely a, a I think a, a, a development PR. because a development because of yep. hard I really truly do. Yep. Well, first of all, the Browns uniforms are got off. Yeah, and supposedly they're going to go back to more traditional look in the future. Let's hope that's the case. Uh, that's one of Jimmy Jimmy Haslam's. Uh, I hang didn't up realize on when to come in and change everything. Big across their front. I had I, no I, idea what I turned the game last night. I, it, it's 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 they're god awful. If you're going to go out and buy jerseys, which I don't do, but if you do, get a throwback jersey. Make yourself proud. That's what I do. That's my only. Uh, yeah, and uh, enjoy it. Sometimes updates are great. Sometimes updates are really bad. Uh, this past update that was done a couple of years ago is really bad, and I guess the. 2020, they may be able to uh, bring in new uniforms. Yeah, again, they, so they got to wait till it, 2020. It. Last night, after uh, speaking of uniform updates, real quick, I flipped on the NFL Network last night, and the Jaguars were on. I don't know who they're playing. Their uniforms look really nice now. Back to the throwback Jacksonville uniforms that they came in the league with, uh, they look really nice. So, no yeah. more god awful gold splot right in the middle of their helmet. So, hopefully, the Browns can take a a note from that, and if we're going to do these color rush uniforms, get the hell rid of them, and let's wear throwback uniforms. I mean, let's go back to traditional throwback uniforms. For God's sakes, Denver's orange doesn't even match the orange that was the throwback. And then I love, I love our logo now. But I'm sentimental to the old D with the snorting horse coming through it. And we don't even have the right color blue. It's more of a it's more of a midnight blue, like the Indians wear in their jerseys, compared to the old royal blue that they used to have in the eighties. And it's just let's quit tweaking with these uniforms and all this crap and you know, the whole color rush thing is ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. That's how uh, marketing has gone in the last few years, and I agree. Most NFL teams have great traditional uniforms. Yep, updating them is never a bad thing if you do it properly. If you do it with uh, intent yep. to uh, bring in that era to uh, to the style, I have no problem with. Uh, update years ago by the Patriots was a great update. I don't yep. have any problems with the Broncos update. The ones they did, as they, like you oh. mentioned, getting away from the ones yep. that were in the seventies and eighties. No, no problem with them whatsoever. Uh, they were fun, you know. In the nineties, when they they switched, it yep. worked well. They've continued ever since. The Bills have gone back to their traditional look. They, yep. you know, they had their change, and then they went back to the uh, to the Buffalo white helmets, which is fine. Again, all good things. Uh, I have no problem. The the Dolphins went back to their traditional dolphin. All these things, I have no yep. problem with. But when you make them look uh, high schoolish or try to make them uh, look like a college yeah. team, it just doesn't yes. work in the NFL. No. And especially a team that has had uh, tradition and 
a look that has been around forever in the Cleveland Browns. And I mean, can you imagine doing that to the Green Bay Packers? Oh, you'd have up people. Yeah, it just makes no you sense. Have you have up people. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Uh, can you imagine updating the the Oakland Raiders? And, and oh all of a sudden, God. the black and gold, the black and silver goes away, and you bring in some other color to go with it. I mean, it makes no sense. Can the Browns leave, wear the orange? The, the orange is fine. Face masks. Yes, go back masks. to the white. Yeah, go back. Yes, go back please. to the white. Yes, please. Uh, and quite honestly, ugly. the white and brown tops, the white, the all whites. Uh, if you want to add the orange, the orange pants once in I a like while or stuff like that, I have no problem. Yeah, I've I always like been the all white, white pants. I've always been the all white. And the uh, the dark brown top uh, with home, the white. Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem either or. And I'll be. I, and I'd be even okay if they wore orange for one one game a year they choose to. They you, went back to old seventies orange look, yep. and, you know, with orange pants and, and the uh, and then the dark top yep. for a couple of games as a throwback. I have no problem with that. Or the white tops with the orange pants. I have no problem with it. I, I mean, those are the those are the uniforms people remember. Uh, don't mess with tradition for teams. Let teams be who they are. And, I agree with uh, that. If I if I was going to go to a game, that'd be kind of fun to see. If you're a Browns fan going to a game and they're wearing the brown tops and the orange pants, the old orange and the white pants and the traditional royal blue helmets, the D on it, might love it. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. No. All right, Anthony, we're just about out of time. So yep. tell you what, uh, we'll get together uh, early next week. Do this yep. again. And uh, for everyone, stay tuned because I will be talking with uh, James Dawson very soon right here on Radio MVP. For Anthony in Canfield, I'm Tim and Portman. Stay tuned as we'll have James coming up right now. All right. Now we are joined by James Dawson from Trib Live over in Western Pennsylvania, my partner in high school basketball this past season in Newcastle and WKST. And uh, we're going to just check in with James, see what's going on. Uh, this year, so James, what's uh, how you been first and foremost, and uh, what's what's on your horizon here for the high school football season? Oh, I've been doing all right, Tim. It's uh, you know, sad that summer's coming to an end, but that also means, uh, besides the fact I need to start making lesson plans again, that yes, I need to uh, be heading out to the football uh, fields, get to uh, get to the gridirons every Friday night, which uh, doesn't uh, doesn't bother me whatsoever. I'd like to be staying more in Lawrence County like I did last year, but it seems like we'll be uh, Going a bit of everywhere with uh, with Trib Live, which is also fun to go and see lots of new teams across Western Pennsylvania. I, obviously, last year you were with uh, WJST, doing most of the season with Lee Moan, my former partner, uh, a few years back. What what's going on with the uh, with the Forever Broadcasting this year for you and uh, Lee? And will you two be joining uh, forces again this season? Well, sadly, we won't be joining forces uh, through Forever. Uh, this year, uh, WJST, now uh, WUZZ, uh, will not be doing the uh, local county games like they did last year. So uh, with that, you know, with the uh, uh, 1200 being part of the uh, Trib Live High School Sports Network, we're still uh, in touch with our good friend Don Rebel down there. And uh, Lee and I will hopefully be still uh, a team more often than not, but uh, it won't just be in the county. It'll be uh, all across uh, the WPIAL. So, uh, again, it gives us a chance to uh, – to see a few more teams maybe than we've seen the past couple of years. And uh, at the same time, you know, a little more travel, but no problem with that. On Friday nights, uh, I'll go wherever the good game is. Yeah, you're, you're kind of like me. I have the old uh, mantra, have Mike, will travel. 
Right. And you know what? I still remember the, the first game I ever did with Trib Live, with the old uh, MSA Sports Network at that point. Uh, I think I went an hour and 30, hour and 45 minutes to be able to get to my first game. And, and you know, any other job you might have said, uh, is that really worth it? Oh, it was worth it. And I've uh, been hooked ever since. And uh, you know, wherever they want to send me, I'll, I'll gladly go. As, uh, well, unless they don't want me to get to a four o'clock start down in West Virginia. But that's another story. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a distance. Uh, I've gone down there a couple times myself to do things. But let's talk about Trib Live for a second. For those who are listening or not familiar with it, even though we did promote it last year during the high school basketball season, talk about what Trib Live is and, and your involvement in it. Well, Trib Live, originally MSA Sports Network, and actually before that, the Nauticom Sports Network, has been going on for, I believe this is year number 20 now, uh, that the network has uh has existed. Uh, Don Rebel was the guy who uh, originated it, still runs the network um, <clears throat> in his 20th year, and pretty much just covering high school sports in the WPIAL, Western Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic League. Uh, so pretty much, uh, especially football, basketball, baseball, and softball, um, covering uh, all sorts of events and also the exclusive rights holder uh, to all of the uh, events, uh, all the playoff events, I should say, for uh, for all WPIL playoffs and championship events. So I uh, was really uh, fortunate MSA had to uh, uh, almost disband last year, didn't think that the season was going to continue. And luckily enough, uh, uh, Trib Live, when Trib Live, the uh, newspaper, the Tribune Review uh, in Pittsburgh, ended up uh, taking over as the primary uh, sponsor and the title sponsor of our uh, of our network kept us going and allows us to uh, go and continue broadcasting uh, audio and now getting a lot more into online video streaming uh, of broadcasts uh, of all these events. And what's really cool too is that it's not just internet broadcast, but it's also connected in a lot of the um, radio stations are uh, affiliated under Trib Live, which is how uh, you and I have gotten involved with them uh, through WKST in Newcastle, for example, radio stations in Butler and Washington County, all across Western Pennsylvania that are a part of this big network. And it just uh, makes it a lot of fun to be able to go and, and talk with uh, colleagues and, you know, be, be able to go and find, like I said, new teams every single week. Uh, if you check them out, it's tribhssn.triblive.com, the Trib Live High School Sports Network. There you go. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal thing to be involved in. Uh, I've uh, been in and out of the network over the years, uh, broadcasting high school sports. And uh, when it was the Nauticom, they did expand over into Ohio for a season and was able to uh, be part of that. And then rejoined the, the, the old MSA uh, when I had the opportunity to fill in uh, over there for, uh, for one year in uh, Lawrence County. And then of course, last year it became Trib Live, and uh, we did the high school uh, basketball season together. Speaking about the high school basketball season, obviously uh, a new season coming up, not that far away. I know football's just begun, uh, but I'm already looking forward to the possibility of uh, doing it this year with you again. Uh, talk about uh, where Newcastle is, and you know, being the WPIL defending champion this year, they had a lot of graduation from uh, the team. Uh, what do you expect to, to see out of a uh, the uh, Red Hurricanes this year? Well, you never can tell. I mean, two years ago, they won the WPIL championship, lost four out of their five starters. They really only went six deep. Wasn't expecting much uh, from the team the next year, or at least, you know, some struggles compared to some of the years they had had. And what do they do? They just improved throughout the season like we saw. And uh, 
really fun to watch them go and get that back-to-back championship. Uh, now they've graduated 10 more seniors, but they have a whole other uh, crop coming through. Uh, the freshman and sophomore class uh, from last year, now the sophomore and junior class uh, coming up this year, uh, really strong, uh, undefeated seasons in, in the uh, uh, in the ninth grade season and a uh, very strong record in the JV season. So uh, safe to say uh, the pedigree that Coach Blundo has there uh, with the Canes, uh, they're going to be aggressive. It's going to be the same looking team in your face pressure and uh, some somebody new is going to step up. You're going to hear new names you maybe haven't heard of before, and uh, that's just the way that they like it. Who's going to step up on this day, this this week, this season? And uh, no matter what, you know that you're going to be uh, probably facing 20 turnovers when you face the Canes. So uh, it'll be up and down, frenetic pace uh, like they always do, and it would not surprise me if they make another run towards a WPIL championship. Speaking of uh, high school sports, let's uh, turn the page right back to uh, football real quickly here, James. Uh, talk about some of the uh, the schools in Lawrence County this year who you think uh, may uh, be either a surprise or uh, maybe a contender uh, for their uh, league championship and uh, make a make a run to uh, to Pittsburgh this year. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting scenarios going on. One of the teams uh, is Mohawk, a team that. They only had three seniors on the roster last year. And a very young class, they were forced to, to play as freshmen and sophomores. Last year as juniors, they made playoffs for the first time uh, in over a decade and nearly won their first playoff game, should have won their first playoff game, in, in my opinion. Uh, but they bring back pretty much their entire team. They've worked well in the offseason. Coach really motivates them. Uh, and I think they're a team to really look out for. Uh, they got a, a running back in Braden Cameron. Uh, who, in my mind, he might be touching the ball 30 times per game on average this year. He'll be really fun to watch and see what sort of numbers uh, that he comes up with. Uh, another team, the one that's been kind of the cream of the crop of Lawrence County uh, the past few years is in the Shanick Lancers. And they've made playoffs now for seven straight years, which is really impressive considering the fact that before that seven, they had made it for a grand total of four times in their entire program history over the past 60 years. So uh, it's been a fun turnaround with Coach Mazzocco. They lost almost their entire starting roster, it feels like. They lost quarterback, top running back, top receiver, two or, the, uh, two or three of the top linemen, all gone. But they also have two guys who are coming back this year who could not play last year. They were ruled ineligible due to transfer rules. Uh, their quarterback, uh, six foot six, Jake McCormick, he's getting looks uh, in the uh, in the MAC area, low division one. And their running back, I hear, is uh, really good, Noah Karpiak as well. He's getting some uh, some D two looks. So uh, really interesting to see what kind of uh, offense they can put up there because they like to spread it around, uh, spread offense, really uh, high functioning, high paced. Uh, I think they're a team that, again, is going to put a lot of points on the board, but also rely maybe a little bit more on their defense than they have. And they have one of the best defenses you see in the county as well. But I'll tell you, the surprise team uh, is going to be the Laurel Spartans. Made the playoffs last year. They snuck in with a 3-7 and seven record. Doesn't sound like that should be a playoff team. Uh, but they won their last two games to get into the playoffs, which tells me momentum, which I like. And they were in a lot of close games all throughout the season, battling injuries throughout the entire year as well. In fact, uh, they're a young team as well. Only five uh, seniors, according to Coach Cooper, on this team, two of which did not play a single down of football last year because of injuries during training camp and during scrimmages. And those are guys who they were expecting to have big roles last year, obviously couldn't do the injury. Now they're coming back with a passion throw that in there with uh, a couple of great athletes like Will Schaefer, a guy who will be not only at wide receiver, but at quarterback a little bit. Uh, just, it's going to be really fun to see them. And he tells me as well, Coach Cooper does, that he's got a couple of freshmen 
who are surprisingly strong for their age. Normally you see a freshman go in there, hasn't been in the weight room as much as you'd like, tough to put him on the field. He says, no doubt, top five strongest players on the team. Two of them might be freshmen. So keep an eye on Laurel, a team that might be uh, slipping under the radar unexpected this year. Ah, Laurel, one of my favorite places ever to go to. Uh, unbelievable. Real quick story here before we get off. I'm sure you have experienced it uh, as uh, as the food that is provided for the uh, for the uh, the press box. Let's just put it that way. Uh, an amazing, amazing ability that they do there. Uh, the one game I had with Lee about three years ago, they had wedding soup. They had uh, chicken rolls. They had uh, sub sandwiches. They had uh, pumpkin rolls. It was an amazing, amazing thing. I think it was their homecoming day uh, game. And uh, wow. Let me put it this way. No one will ever outclass. And, and uh, Aurora will be a place that I, I recommend highly if you have a chance to cover games, uh, okay. James. I'm sure you've been there. Uh, you oh, definitely yes. need to do it. I, I, I got to give the shout out. It's their assistant athletic director. And uh, she's also the home ec teacher, Mrs. Lori Heights. And not only an amazing you know cook to be able to do all this uh, throughout the week in her home ec classes and getting everything ready, um, but just a phenomenal woman, great great friend uh, to us as well. And they absolutely, always, they, they always treat us like royalty out there. And I got to say, my first time out there, it was pizza night, which means cheese pep- cheese pizza, pepperoni pizza, buffalo chicken pizza, you know the works pizza, but also a um, a meatball pizza, which was surprisingly good. And my favorite of all of them, I can't believe I enjoyed it as much as I did, the chili dog pizza. Wow, chili dog pizza. Yes. It's, it's kind of surprised by that, too. Sounds completely wrong. I went back for seconds on that one. Wow. <laughs> no, there's no question about it. They do it right over there in Laurel. And uh, absolutely wish the Spartans the best season coming up this year. And uh, if you do get a chance to uh, uh, get over there, wish them all wish well for me. And uh, I look forward to uh, maybe t- – Getting a hold of you during the season, see what's going on over in Western Pennsylvania, and keep in touch as we uh, continue to cover all the sports here on Radio MVP. James, Mike, thanks again for coming on on short notice, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. James Dobson from the Trip Live Sports Network. Thanks, Tim. My thanks to James Dobson for coming on tonight's podcast, and to you for listening. If you want to follow James on Twitter, he is at 3SN. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Continenza and Anthony on Instagram at ACAP17. All our podcasts are available on RadioMVP.com, SoundCloud, Ditcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you get this through Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review and help us grow Radio MVP. Until we talk on the next episode of Radio MVP, I'm Tim Continenza. Have a great day, everyone.